Genius Girls. Science Genius, Science Genius. Science Genius. Science Genius Girls. We're the Science Genius Girls, Yay. and we're really nervous about our first podcast. <laughs> we are. We've never done this before, but we're excited about it. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first, um, I guess we'll introduce ourselves. Yes, I'm actually going to interview Dr. Aditi here. Um, about her background so that all of you feel comfortable about us being science geniuses, which we are. <laughs> so, Aditi, tell me about your background in science. Okay, well, Suzanne, <laughs> fellow genius, <laughs> I used to be a materials engineer, and I, you know, went to undergrad at UC Davis, and then to Santa Barbara to do my PhD, and as I was finishing it up, I realized Hmm, I might be a science genius, but I'd rather write about other science geniuses than keep working in science myself. So, so I trekked up to Santa Cruz and found my way into science writing, and here I am. So, yeah. Dr. Aditi, which is how I will refer to her from here on out. <laughs> um, she got her PhD by researching magnets. Yep. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so that was, um, so what I was trying to do was make a material that was both a magnet and a, and a semiconductor at the same time, because that would be really useful for getting both logic, like the, the processing part of your computer and the memory part of your computer onto one, like, chip or, you know, device, instead of having to have them, those elements separate in your computer. So it just basically would make your computer faster and smaller. And that's kind of the ultimate goal for everything in the world, to make it faster and smaller. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. See, here's my thing. My dad okay. is a materials scientist, and uh -huh. they're always talking about semiconductors, uh -huh. and nobody else knows what a semiconductor is. Okay, so so <laughs> metal is, is a conductor, just a general conductor. Like, you apply electricity to it, and all the electrons are like, wee, we're going to go somewhere, and they're, they're excited, and they go. But you can't control it at all. So in a semiconductor, you can really carefully control how it conducts, so you can, you know, that way you can control the con conductivity really carefully. And so, yeah, but I was trying to make one that was magnetic too, but that didn't really work out so well, so, but I still got my At PhD. least your advisor let you publish it, because I think some advisors would have been like, um, no, yeah. back to square one. Yeah, exactly, start over. So what's the funniest thing that happened to you while you were doing your research? Oh, okay, this is a good story. So I had, um, I like, I mentored all through grad school, so, like, undergrads would come work in our labs because my advisor was an assistant professor, so he didn't have a lot of money for grad students, so in the summertime we would always have undergrads come in. And my one intern, Lauren, two summers ago now, she was, you know, she was an undergrad at uh, Michigan Tech, I think, and she'd come to... She was an engineer, but she'd come to work in, in our lab on chemistry stuff. And so she, poor girl, like she spent all day and she went to the the stock room and bought all this glassware and, you know, all this tubing stuff so she could set up this perfect reaction that had to be under nitrogen. So, you know, and she had it all set up in this fume hood. And, you know, she set it all up and showed it to me. And I was like, oh, that looks good. You know, let's go up and tell Ron, my advisor, let's have him look at it. And he comes down to look at it, and he's like, this looks great. And then he slams the fume hood door shut and completely destroys her entire setup. And then just walks away. Like, he just didn't even, it didn't register. I think it registered, but he was just like, oh. And then he just sort of left. And, and poor Lauren and I were sitting there. And I just laughed. And I was like, this happens all the time. So I think that was my favorite part of grad school, was just seeing that. Yeah, I see my advisor just <laughs> bold. <laughs> oh, 
So now maybe we should talk about our, our master of geology, Suzanne. I am master of geology. Sound effect. Yes, I need a sound effect because I was going to get my PhD, but then I changed my mind. Um, yes, I was going to be an English major, and then I changed my mind and I became a geologist. And then I just I didn't really feel like a scientist, but I just kept going along with it, so I got my master's degree. Mm -hmm. um, and then I decided that <clears throat> I really didn't like certain people in the field of geology, and so I decided to go back to writing. Nice. And, but you had some good experiences, though, along the way, like in terms of field research and things. So yes, and I have that. a story. Oh, let's hear the story. Okay, so I was out in the field with my advisor, Calvin. And this is an advisor I liked, and I just want to say that because Calvin is wonderful. Okay, good. So we were in Nevada, and we were walking through the desert, and he was telling me all this great stuff about magma chambers and why they're so wonderful. And <clears throat> um, while we're walking along, I stepped right into this cactus, this Choya cactus. It's oh. like this. <laughs> it looks fuzzy, but the fuzzies are actually these needles that once they get into your skin, oh, they like yeah, twist. Yeah. Okay. And so they're really hard to get out. So it was like stuck right in my knee. Oh. And we had to stop. And he like pulls out this cactus thing, but then there's still needles in there. So we took like 20 minutes to pull out the needles. So we're done with that. And he's like, wow, you're a real tough cookie. I'm proud of you. I'm like, I'm really klutzy, actually. And then I was like, well, you know, Calvin, um, I think you go ahead, walk on. I'm going to take a little restroom break here. So... Um, yeah, so I'm kind of in the middle of all that when, you know, you're kind of squatting down and, um, mm -hmm. took a little bit of a tumble. Oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> right into another Choya cactus. <laughs> so this time I got this gigantic cactus ball, like, embedded in my elbow, and I was so embarrassed because, um, my pants were down. <laughs> So first I had, to, <laughs> I had to like take care of that. And then, you know, Calvin's walking ahead of me and he's waiting for me. And I just was so humiliated that within like the span of half an hour I was attacked twice by a cactus. So I like yanked the thing out of my arm with my pen and then there were still needles there. So instead of like taking the time to pluck out each individual needle, I just took my my pen and I like scraped oh, it over my, my skin okay. so the parts that were sticking out like fell off but then there were still the Little bottom parts the needles embedded <laughs> so now I have like and Trent my husband also a science genius but he's a boy um <laughs> he told me that the scars would go away but they haven't they so haven't. I have these like dots oh, all over my elbow oh. wow that's kind of yeah. traumatic yeah mm. It yeah. was, and Calvin still doesn't know about it because I was trying to be all cool. So when I found him again, you know, I was, like, trying to cover up my elbow, and I was like, hey, Calvin, what's <laughs> up? Sorry, it took a little while. Um, but anyway, back to magma chambers, and he's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so do you want to talk about what your research was, or what, I mean, I know you did, you know, two different things, right? Like, didn't you do one set of research at Arizona and then something else? Well, I was at Arizona State for a while, and I was going to be <clears throat> an astrobiologist, but that didn't really work out because Phoenix was really hot, and we didn't like it, so okay. we left. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is how me and Trent operate. If we don't like something, we're like, eh, get about it. We're leaving. 
So we went to Chapel Hill and, um, yeah, my project was about what magma chambers look like and I'm not going to get into it. My advisor finds it fascinating and while I was there he decided that he was going to have a paradigm shift and I was going to be part of it. My so, advisor always used that term too and it's like isn't that something that has to happen over a great deal of time? Well not... he wanted it to happen within the span of my master's degree. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no. There are other people who were part of it but yeah. Yeah, okay. So anyway, it entailed going to the Utah desert and basically like mapping the locations of different rocks. Like, oh, here's some granite. Here's some <laughs> gabbro. Oh, wow, I'm lost. <laughs> and then I would collect some of the rocks and I took them back to the lab and then I like crushed them up to get um zircons out of them, which is like mm -hmm. really tiny minerals, but mm -hmm. They basically, like, using radioactive dating, you can figure out how old the rock is. So it's this very arduous, like, 20-step process. And at the end, you have to use hydrofluoric acid. To, oh, good times. With <laughs> good times with hydrofluoric acid. <laughs> you have to, like, melt the zircons in an oven in hydrofluoric acid. And oh, so it's not, it's just, it's hot hydrofluoric acid? It's hot on top hydrofluoric of... acid. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, and the lab there is a bit sketchy, <clears throat> to say the least. So just science genius side note, HF, hydrofluoric acid, <laughs> just eats through your bones, <laughs> and, and you don't know until you're Until dead. <laughs> you have, like, cardiac arrest and die. <laughs> right. And they warned us about this. They were like, you know, if you even get a quarter-sized um, bit of hydrofluoric acid on your skin, you should go to the hospital immediately, you might die and I was so scared like the whole time I was so scared and I wished I could have a different project so I wasn't gonna die of acid and <laughs> yeah. um, so I was always really careful but one day there were a bunch of people in the lab and I was trying to like unscrew the lid of this like thing that held the capsules with the hydrofluoric right, acids and right. the zircons so I guess I pulled too hard and hydrofluoric acid sprayed everywhere <gasps> like all over the hood it didn't get on me and i was wearing gloves oh, thank and God. Like, yeah. yeah i was wearing glasses and whatever but i was so freaked out that and my advisor was there and one of his friends was there i was like i was so scared i had to go home that day sure i was yeah. like this little ball of nerves i was like i'm sorry i can't handle it today <laughs> yeah. I'm going home. Well, understandably. And then I washed my hands until my skin was like dry <laughs> and red because I was so scared. Yeah, because that's really dangerous to have it. Yeah, did someone come in and like clean it up later on or did you have to go back and clean it up? Um, I think either my advisor or his friend cleaned it up. Oh, I don't know, nice. they get kind of like, I don't know, casual about it after a while. Yeah, like I it's not so. such a big deal. Like, oh, why are you so worried about it? But... Well, it eats through glass. I'd be worried about it. Yeah, and the yeah. thing is, like, like nitric acid. Okay, so we would use nitric acid and hydrofluoric acid, and after a while, nitric acid, you're like, yeah, because eh, you can actually feel it. But apparently, hydrofluoric acid, you don't even, uh -uh. you can't tell it apart from water. So, yeah. oh my God, it was so freaky. I'm sorry, it's terrible. Yes, but, but now you just write about scientists. So that's yes. And actually, this is something we should have said right in the beginning, is that we're both graduate students in the science writing program. At UC Santa Cruz. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, 
We're learning how to write about science. Yes. And you it's can... a very interesting process. <laughs> we won't get into we'll the details. We'll save that for future episodes. <laughs> we should. All right. Yes, so, oh, so actually now this might seem a little disorganized to you, but let's keep in mind this is our first podcast, okay? We're going to get better, <laughs> listeners, all two of you. Yes. Hi, Trent. Hi, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell my parents that. We just doubled our listening <laughs> audience. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to um, use this podcast officially to talk about science news. Yeah, and then we have class on Thursday morning. Ooh, this is a good segue. Yeah. So, why do we have class at 8 o'clock in the morning? Because, guess what? When you wake up in the morning, it's like yeah. you're drunk. Yeah. So, this is one of the stories that just came out that we were reading about, that um, a group at the University of Colorado at Boulder found out that for a short period of time, when you first wake up in the morning, you're so, like, inertia-driven, sleep-induced. This is... We're gonna edit this. <laughs> no, we're not. We're gonna leave it all in, yeah. so you all can hear how much we improve over the next few months. That's right. So, okay, so you're so groggy. You you just sound like I just sounded five seconds ago, <laughs> and that's actually the effects are so bad that it's worse than being legally drunk. So yes, and I believe that because the other morning I woke up and I was really grumpy and groggy, which isn't really abnormal for me. So I decided that I was going to take a walk. So I walked for four miles, three and a half miles into it. I like tripped. I was so out of it. It was wow. like an out of body experience. I was so tired. I really did feel like I was drunk. Amazing. <clears throat> and that's like three and a half miles into it. So that's several minutes past when you wake up. <laughs> I know, but it says it lasts yeah, for like no, two hours. Two hours, right. Because we all sort of have that general feeling of like, you know, the first few minutes when you wake up, you're like, eh don't really know what's going on but to, I didn't realize that it would yeah I mean I guess it does last a really long time yes and so my theory is that we should have class in the afternoons instead of eight o'clock in the morning because essentially it's a bunch of drunk people sitting around a table trying to interact with one another and we all know how that can go <laughs> except for me dad yeah. um let's go streaking <laughs> You know, there's always a little more <clears throat> tension in the morning, I mm -hmm. feel like, I than in the afternoon when everyone is awake and happy. and Right, and not just everything. this, you know, people randomly blurting out comments and, you know, because your brain's <laughs> still sort of dealing with the... We have a discussion group format where there's 10 people in our class and we have a discussion group format and every so often it's like somebody gets a case of Tourette's and just starts spouting <laughs> off random stuff. Oh, I so like true. to sail. <laughs> Maps are my favorite. <laughs> I don't know, but that's yeah, that's a good point. We should have class a lot later in the day. We'd all be, you know, sober. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, I just don't like this eight o'clock in the morning thing, and I'm not really sure why we have it at eight o'clock in the morning. But <clears throat> I'm not complaining about this program. No. At all. I wonder how they did that research, too. I mean, how do they... They just wake people up and then get people drunk, and that's their, like, comparison? How do you... You know, are they... Because it's not like your blood alcohol level would be somehow high when you're, you know... Yeah, up in how the do you measure that? Their... And that is something we should all ask. How were these experiments <laughs> yes. carried out? Hmm? True, true. 
Yeah, but I've always wanted to be part of a sleep experiment where you go in and they hook up things to your head and then you fall asleep. But I don't understand how you get to sleep with all that crap attached to you. No, yeah, I don't either. Hmm. So that's something that the Science Genius Girls need to find out. That's right. We'll work on it. Yes. <laughs> okay, so what's our next story? We picked very fun stories this time. Right. Because we don't want to get bogged down in... Boring details. Yeah. Details. Hmm. Um, do you want to talk about the glowing pig one next? Ooh. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Susan, Scientists. Wanna, yeah. Oh, yes. I will take over now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's going to kill me. set up for this? <laughs> I'm like, what's the setup? <laughs> I have a podcast. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, so scientists in Taiwan have created these fluorescent green pigs that are, okay, so there's a picture of the pig, and he really is fluorescent green. Um, and he looks like he just had a really bad dye job. Like, <laughs> the researchers just stuck him in a vat of green dye, and he kind of splashed around for a while and got out. But actually... Apparently, his heart and his other internal organs are also green, which is just weird. That is kind of bizarre. I don't, Who I don't know. Who funded this study? Who funded the study and with all the stuff that's been going on with cloning? And it's just, it's hard to believe. I don't know. I'm not too, like, sure about the whole like, cloning thing right now. Just... I'm going to dye my cats red and write about it. Yeah. Is it cloning? Is it manic panic? We don't know. <laughs> But it is, yeah, a neat story. I think I read the first four paragraphs of this. <laughs> Me too. I was just and then it goes back. into stuff about genetic engineering, which mm. as a science person I should know more about, but, you know. Mm. It's still, yeah. Apparently it's just supposed to show that you can manipulate genes to make weird things happen, and one day this is going to benefit society. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted a fluorescent pig. His <laughs> bacon is green. No. Yeah, and you can like out. have like fluorescent pink pigs and electric blue pigs, and then you could do a remake of an '80s music video oh. and have the pigs in the background like dancing and oinking and stuff. That'd be really cute. Or really rich people could have their own little designer pet pigs. Yes. Or Paris Hilton would no longer have to dye her chihuahua pink. She could just get one that's naturally pink. Exactly. <laughs> this really helps the, the needy. <laughs> Who funded this study and why didn't they just give this money to me? True. <laughs> yes. Wow. So look up the green pig. It's yeah. very cute. It's... CNN.com. That's right. Highly scientific site. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so our next story that we found out about that I guess it turned out to be not that much of a story. There was this big deal made about this Austrian group that found Mozart's skull, or supposedly Mozart's skull, and they put together a whole documentary about it, and it was going to come out on Austrian television sometime this month, I think, late January or mid-January. I don't know exactly what the deal is, but it was in a part of celebrating Mozart's 250th birthday. Um, he's dead. He's not actually 250. <laughs> <laughs> Because for a second I was like, what? <laughs> Why is that on there? But, but I guess they still don't know. They, they, they made this whole big deal about the DNA testing, and then it's still inconclusive, right? Is that... Um... Yeah, they aren't sure. Based on what I know of Mozart, which is pretty much from the film Amadeus, which I watched a small part of, 
Um, apparently he was, is it buried or buried? Buried. Oh, that's why people laugh at me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> he was buried in a pauper's grave, I think, so there was no label. Right. And, and then... now with so much time has gone by, it must be kind of hard to get decent DNA. Yeah. And they don't even know if it's if it's his, I mean, because they said that, what was it, a grave digger who, who knew which body was Mozart's? took the skull out of the grave, so... Oh. Sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. Hmm. What would... Like, you can't... They didn't have eBay back then. Like, what do you do with <laughs> Mozart's skull? <laughs> <laughs> but if we did have Mozart's skull, we could make so much money on eBay, which I really enjoy. Because <laughs> once you have something good to sell on eBay, people get really excited about it. True. Have you but, had any success lately on eBay? Yes. What have you sold? Um, I sold a camera, and I sold a book called Guns, Germs, and Steel, and oh, apparently yeah. some people really like books like that, and apparently it's a scientific book, but um, I missed that one. <laughs> I sold it instead. Nice. <laughs> Trent read it. Did you like it? Yes. <laughs> Trent's so good. Trent reads the news. Trent listens to all these podcasts. Trent actually knows what's going on, and then me, the science journalist, I'm like, I checked CNN's <laughs> headlines today. <laughs> She has a what? A she kidney has a, disorder? An eating disorder. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, I didn't hear yeah, about that. And yeah. I checked people.com. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're up on it. You okay, know, good. You know what's going good. on. Anyway, I just feel bad because I feel like I have nothing to add to this Mozart story, <laughs> except that I saw Amadeus. It's okay. Ooh, and wasn't there a song called Amadeus? Yes. It was like, Amadeus, Amadeus. Yeah. Something. Rock me Amadeus. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> it had that yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was by Austrians or not, but <laughs> it didn't sound like it was in English, but I can't remember anymore. That sounds like a very European song yeah. to make. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pretty random. Yeah. Techno weird. We yeah. like that music, FYI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. And the only reason, I, well... No, I mean, this article's good. I like how they have the word CSI crime scene investigation in the right. first sentence because anything having to do with television really draws me in. <laughs> no, I think that is good. But it is weird that they made a whole movie about it, the, the Austrians, and then at the end they're like, and it's still inconclusive. <laughs> like, what a letdown. You actually watched for two whole hours. I want my money back. <laughs> exactly. Uh, That's so. like how I felt at Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings is a trilogy, but apparently I didn't understand that concept, so after the first one, the lights came back on, and I was like, what? <laughs> there was no plot! And Trent's like, well, it's a trilogy, so actually, you know, the whole plot goes through three films, and... Right. But... Yeah, I know, it was just There was boring. no closure, and I was very upset, and I told him I was boycotting the next two, and then I didn't, because I'm nice. Oh, I totally yes. boycotted the next two. Good for you. Yeah. I know we're um, isolating possible audience members here, right. but I'm sorry, Lord of the Rings just isn't my thing. No, me And if you, can, if you can give us reasons for why you think we should like Lord of the Rings, then feel free to email us. Right. But, yeah. But but keep it, remember, we're science genius girls, but we don't want to know like every little detail about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, my brother likes Lord of the Rings. He could tell me. Yeah. You know, there's there's lots of people that do and, and I mean it's you know the the movie the scenery was nice and everything but 
It was really long. Oh, and it was set in New Zealand. Yes, which, which is really pretty. Which has excellent geology. It does. It's nice. I should have picked a geology project in New Zealand. Ooh, that would be yeah. so fun. Yeah, because it has all those neat, like, microclimates. And I know. It's really nice. It's fascinating. We should we should pick a project for class where we would have to go to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> and make the school pay <laughs> yeah, for it. Exactly, get some funding. From... Ooh, that would be fun as a summer trip. Too bad oh, we don't make yeah. any money. We should get really high-paying internships. We should, so we can go to New Zealand. I went last February to South, like the South Island, and it's the most beautiful place I've ever been. It's amazing. Oh. It was really nice. Yeah, I was telling you I got to climb the glacier there. That yeah. was so cool. And like, yeah, the people who live there—they're just really nice and mellow, and they're like. Californian British people or something. <laughs> Just like happy, <laughs> like being outdoors. But then they sound like, well, they would, you know, probably don't like to think that they sound like British people. I guess they sound like Australian people. <laughs> yes. My no, classmate Aria tried to tell me the difference between a British and an Australian accent uh -huh. because her husband is British. Oh, that's right. And I guess, oh, yeah, in Britain it's like, they emphasize the T, so it's like water, and then in Australia, they're a little lazier, and so they emphasize the D, so it's water. Oh, nice. Yes, and I thought, wow, I didn't realize that before, but I should have, because yeah. that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Yeah, okay. so New Zealand. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, moving along. So. Okay, so the last one we have is about this Poor, well, I guess she's not poor. I think it was her choice. This woman who died like two and a half years ago sitting in front of her TV in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so <clears throat> instead of calling the funeral home, as so many of us probably would, <laughs> and going through the rituals of burial and whatnot. <laughs> or, you know, whatever alternate route you might choose, perhaps. <laughs> Her family simply aimed the air conditioner at her body and let it mummify. <laughs> For two and a half years. And then the rest of her family just lived downstairs, just sort of dealt with the smell, I guess. <laughs> well, no, the air conditioner kept the smell away. Mm. Well, but then the air conditioner recently broke. Oh, that's um, right. And the quote in here is that, standing outside, <laughs> one could smell the death. Nice. <laughs> Oh, and this is, we also found this one on CNN.com, so, you know. Everything's hmm. on CNN this time around. Yeah, cause sorry, kids. We weren't really sure how <laughs> yeah. many of you serious science people were listening. <laughs> so we didn't go to, you know, like, Psychology Today or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but they have a clip that you can watch of her caregiver who thought that her body parts, the dead woman's body parts, might grow back. Huh, that's odd, because in the article here it says... Somebody said, the caregiver is not someone you'd think was from another planet or really seems off the wall. She's a pretty normal kind of person. I would say that's a bit questionable. <laughs> I, <don't know> about <laughs> that. I mean, I know we're science geniuses, but I mean, I knew pretty early on that body parts don't grow back. I, I think that's kind of a... It's a given? <laughs> it's a given, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, and I teach a paleontology class, <clears throat> and so for part of the paleontology class, you ask the students, like, okay, what's more likely to get preserved? A whale right. that dies in the middle of the ocean, or a deer that dies in the mountains, or okay. a fish that dies along the shore or something? <clears throat> okay, so if I were to say a woman who's, like, stored in her attic for two years sitting in front of the air conditioner, I'm pretty sure my students would say, wow, she would not be preserved. No. <laughs> <laughs> she would deteriorate, deteriorate pretty rapidly, but... <clears throat> 
I guess I was yeah. kind of wrong. I don't, I don't know what this. I'm, I'll have to add that into the assignment. Yeah. <laughs> like we have to figure hey, out. Hey, students, read this article and tell me what you think about mummification. <laughs> so bizarre. It's funny that they decided to aim the air conditioner at her too. So they sort of they knew something, right? Sort of scientific that they could somehow preserve her <laughs> by like cooling her down. But then they didn't recognize that. Hmm. That's it's not going to come back. So weird. You know, it's just kind of. Bizarre. I mean. So do you just keep her up there? Do you go check on her every now and then? Mm. Or I don't no. know. That's just really foul. Not something <laughs> yeah. I would recommend. No. If you're planning your funeral. <laughs> Which after listening to this, many of you might. <laughs> no, they love it. They yeah, love, it. love it. How long have we been talking? Is there a timer on this uh, thing? <laughs> I don't think so. Hmm. Well, wrap it up probably now. been talking long enough for episode number one. <laughs> I believe so. So tune in next time. We'll be. Oh wait. Oh oh. Yeah, we have to add one thing. Yeah. Okay. So the reason you should listen to us is because we're funny. Yes. Ha, we're ha, cute. Ha. You can't see us, but we are. We're hot. <laughs> we're hot science genius girls. <laughs> Oh, we're not posting any nude photos. Sorry, kids. <laughs> okay. This is for a general listening audience, Aditi. That's right. <laughs> I'll do that. Oh, and um, next month, we're going to the AAAS meeting. That's the American Association for the Advancement of Science or something like that. And I should get a prize for remembering that. Yeah, <laughs> So we're going to do a live podcast from AAAS, and we're going to talk to real scientists. We're exciting. really excited, and we're going to try to make them talk tell to us, us what their <laughs> research is, <laughs> and make them make it. Ooh, I'm dropping stuff. Make uh -oh. them make it sound interesting. But until then, we're going to be on. We're going to have a few other episodes. So keep your ears open <laughs> for our exciting science genius girl podcast. Oh, oh, okay. Uh -huh. And then also we have a website now. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I hope you all can spell. So it's www dot science genius girls one word dot blogspot b l o g s p o t dot com. Um, and one day I'm gonna figure out a way <laughs> to make a website that's just science genius girls dot com. But yes, you now. can go there, or you can email us at sciencegeniusgirls, all one word, at gmail.com. Right. And if we don't have any emails, like, by the end of next week, I'm going to feel a little bit sad. Yes. How many ideas you have, <laughs> or fun stories you might, you know, want us to read and talk about or something, that yeah. would be up for that, or, you know, keep the Lord of the Rings comments to a minimum, but, But you know. feel free to offer your thoughts yes. on that. Because Lord of the Rings people are so into it. That's true. So, they are. Wow. Maybe it was good we talked about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll get something out of it. <laughs> oh, and we also want to say that um, we listened to the Don and Drew show. Mm -hmm. Hi, Don and Drew. I think you're really funny, Don. And um, <clears throat> theoretically, we also listened to the Lawyers podcast. Mm -hmm. I think right. it's called the Law School Podcast. Trent listens to it. And then Trent also listens to um, a science podcast from Berkeley called Brock's. Oh. So hi, boys. Yay. We're your female counterparts. That's right. <laughs> we should get together sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm 
I'm married. <laughs> Aditi is in a serious relationship. <laughs> okay. So All I think right. that's enough for now. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye. Bye.